One. Quad Witch is over. Did we get a turn in the market? Blow off top, maybe on Friday's open. We'll talk to Triple D, see what he saw on that. Down again, is it China? Do we know what's going on with China with Blinken going over there? I certainly don't know. Not much earnings. FedEx after the bell. Fed speak. Oh, we love Fed speak during the day. This is Tuesday. We got to jump on the week. And this is pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, investors, let's get things started. S&P 500 index futures down 1250, 44.41 and a quarter. Nice range overnight. Let's see if the buy the dippers are lurking again. Uh, the buck is up about 25 cents, getting a little rebound off Friday, uh, really after a pretty good decline last week. Bonds are just up a few ticks, kind of in no man's land here at 127 and 14 30 second. Crude down 22 cents at 71.71. Gold in the red by 7.90. 1963.30. Silver in the red by 22 cents at 23,905. And Bitcoin futures. After a quiet couple days rally on Friday, we're moseying our way back up. Up $505 at $26,950. Let me bring in Triple D. And Triple D, is this a correct statement? Quad witches just aren't what they used to be. Kind of. It was pretty boring, actually. I was expecting something exciting, <laughs> a gapper or two, and it was crickets. It was yeah, not an exciting crickets. quad witch. Maybe the Russell rebalance next Friday. Well, this Friday coming up in four days. Maybe that's going to have some more fireworks. But this one was a very quiet. It looked like and then I opened it was like sell, no buy, no sell, no buy, yeah. no buy. Oh, it ended up buy. Boom. Just at the last second. The open had a few. I got a few shorts off. I got a short off uh, just on a couple trades. And it wasn't there was definitely some, you know, stocks that opened up a little bit too high. But what I noticed is a lot of the stocks opened high just went higher. So it was like follow through too. So there was some opens that, that were interesting. I mean, a Procter & Gamble, I think, opened up a buck. Mm -hmm. There was a few that they were trading the pre-market, you know, basically flat, and then boom, it opened up a buck. But then it kind of continued to run. So, I mean, and then there was other stocks. AMD opened right you at caught, the high yep, you caught of the AMD. day, and it turned yeah. around and reversed. So, And you did see that in some of the tech stocks. They, they opened at the high. The close was quiet. The open had a little bit of action. Again, there was some movement where some stocks, you know, especially the tech stocks, appeared to open right at the high. Microsoft, I believe, was another one. If you look at the Microsoft intraday, I think it opened almost right at the high tick mm -hmm. and immediately went back down. So you did kind of see that potential for the quad witch reversal, which we have seen in the past, where we've seen, you know, quad witch comes in and that's going to be the high made for the next three months, you know, or six months. We've seen that happen before. It's too early to tell yet, though. I mean, 
So far, so good for the Bears. Microsoft is now 10 bucks off of that pre-market high where it was from Friday. So that's something. You know, something for the Bears to chew on. I think what the Bears are going to chew on more is probably the Blinken comments over the weekend <laughs> here, though. And we're not a political show, and we don't want to get too political here. But we just take those comments at face value here. And I'm doing Mitch, tell us, yeah, that was probably that was probably the biggest news from the weekend was the visit by Blinken over to China and the commentary. It was a very interesting. All right, let's get to some of that commentary here. I got a summary for you guys. As U.S. Secretary Anthony Blinken stated that the U.S. opposes Taiwan independence and unilateral changes to the status quo. The focus is on achieving a peaceful resolution to the differences between Taiwan and China. The U.S. remains committed to its responsibilities under the Taiwan's Relation Act, ensuring that Taiwan's self-defense capabilities... I think one thing that was really interesting was comments that Taiwan has the ability to defend itself was really important in that message. Just like what we did with Ukraine situation, I'm wondering if we do a very similar move if China were to invade Taiwan, right? Would we just provide weapons and things like that and not actually you know, mobilize to defend Taiwan? Is that yeah. what we're planning to do here? Is that it's, the situational thinking? I, I think it is, Mitch. Um, because, you know, you read this statement and maybe, you know, you're showing it and it's growing across the bottom. You know, obviously, when you just get that one headline and obviously media will, you know, spook you and says, we do not support Taiwan independence. Like, oh, my gosh, they're going to invade. Is this a green light go? You know, and I read that headline and think, oh, it's green light go, too. But, you know, there's other people, Eric Durham, uh, one of my followers on Twitter, reaching out saying, look. This has been the policy for the U.S. for decades here that, you know, they, you know, it's not basically saying green light go here. There's a lot more to unwrap. So one, you know, yeah, they said they do not support Taiwan independence. Does he go over to China and say we do support Taiwan independence and then start a war? I mean, that's, you know, like, you know, pissing in the pool right there. So I think they just, you know, we're kind of status quo is the key here. And they actually use those statements. We oppose any unilateral, unilateral unilateral changes to the status quo from either side so that means they don't want war it also they also said about you know we expect cross straight differences to be resolved through peaceful means so that also is saying we do not support war so they're saying they you know are not coming in and saying taiwan's you know independence or dependence you know they're saying that they don't support any changes to the status quo meaning they won't support war either so what does that mean? Does that mean if China did invade, no U.S. send troops over there to defend? I think it may be more of the same. Like you're saying, you can't really risk World War III, so maybe it's just a matter of like the Ukraine where we give them weapons, we try to help them out, but I don't know if we're putting troops on the ground over there. But I don't know if anybody really knows the answer of what they would do in, the, in case of an invasion. They're just hoping it doesn't happen. I think it's good. I mean, initially when you see it like, hey, you know, we're going over there, you know, we're talking, right? So I kind of... That's good news. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's Like I said, this is... I was a poli-sci major, but man, if I had to write a paper on this one right now, I'd just say we, at this point, China's down. China's getting hit on this, but we rallied without China. Right. So I think you just kind of have to, you know, kind of put it in the rearview mirror when and if something happens, we'll we'll know in the markets and we'll have to, you know, uh, react accordingly. It, but uh, it's right the now, biggest risk. I mean, what happens that day, you know, and, and Musk said it, you know, in the Faber interview, 
you know, like he basically said, he thinks it's imminent. It was, it's basically what he said. You don't have to read between the lines. You can read the lines. So he thinks eventually China is going to invade Taiwan. The day mm-hmm. that happens, the day that China actually goes into Taiwan, the markets are going to have their worst day in ever. years, maybe ever. Because we just are so dependent, you know, on obviously chips, everything. I mean, technology stocks are going to get killed. This is the wild card. This has always been the wild card. I mean, but, you know, we've been talking about this for a year and a half. Nothing's happened. So maybe they don't invade. Maybe they never invade. Maybe this is just talk. Musk thinks they eventually invade. So that's your risk. I mean, if you're loaded up long on margin, the day that happens... It's not un- unreasonable to think the S&P's gap down 5, 6, 7% that day. It's not unreasonable to think that. So we don't know if that's ever going to happen. Hopefully it doesn't, but that is a risk. So if you're bullish and you're in the bull thesis and the charts all look pretty, I will tell you the charts don't matter if that happens that day. I am not saying it's going to happen because people are going to parse my words and say, Dennis says the market's going to gap down 7% because China's going to invade Taiwan. I'm not saying any of that. We have no crystal ball to cheese thinking. We don't know. But what my job is to assess risk. That Mm -hmm. is a risk not only for China stocks, but that is a risk for U.S. stocks too. And the China stocks, don't kid yourself. The day that happens, the China stocks get go down like 20, 30, 40% that day. They don't go down 3%. So they're going down 3% today just on, you know, these, I think, most of these comments here just worrying that oh maybe you know this is you know potential that she might say oh they won't put troops on the ground let's go hopefully it's not the case but i will tell you there is risk involved and this was why i don't own china stocks only only reason is that i think eventually that could happen now i'm wondering if it's not doing as much as an effect as we think it may be doing as tsm isn't down as much as it was this morning but of course the market's already starting to climb back yeah. um so keeping an eye day. on like a stock like tsm of course that's one of the stocks that i would expect to get majorly beaten down on a news like this destroyed right? if that ha- um, yeah yeah if that so that's what i'm looking at it right now it is starting to climb back so we'll see what happens there in tsm i'm going to move us into kind of more the overall talk of course the markets have been pulling back after it seems like a big rally last week right um we've gotten the news of course that there could be potentially two interest rates to come but we finally got a momentary pause here what are you guys thinking about the overall market here well, I mean, this is overall market talk. So we're, you know, just assessing overall risk here. And I do believe that, you know, China is down because of this. I mean, when I see the FXI having its worst day in a while, 2.77%, I do see you looking at Taiwan Semiconductor's not down much, but a lot of the other ones, you know, China stocks are. So I think it does impact it here. I think when we look at the overall markets, we have to be cognizant that we did have a quadruple wedge. That tech stocks did open at their highs and go straight down from there so that sets up like we are overbought on tech could we get a five percent correction here on tech we're probably due for it i mean it's been an incredible run you know amd you know and i'm still long it 90 to 130 in a month stocks just don't go up in a straight line so you know is there reasonableness to think that maybe you know we get a little breather here Maybe, but then you got NVIDIA and it's proving me wrong because stocks just go up in a straight line when you're NVIDIA here as the pause. It's up here again this morning. 
So there's certain, you know, stories that are just so hot that it doesn't seem to break at all. So I do think you're going to find dip buyers because this is what we're already seeing here in the pre-market. There's so many underinvested money managers that are just buying everything up on dips that I tend to think this is probably not the top we saw on Friday. But, you know, you have to respect it that, you know, it was a serious sell-off on a stock like Microsoft down 10 bucks from where it was Friday morning on no news. So After it makes a new all-time high also. I'm just going to echo that, those sentiments. And, you know, the market likes to go in streaks, right? So yes. going into the quad witch, we had a six-day winning streak. And that was actually seven out of eight. So that, that's a pretty good winning streak. You know, you don't know if it's going to be seven, eight, nine, ten, or 13 in a row like Tesla. Uh, but you had to turn. You've had one down day. That was Friday. You've had a little bit of follow through today. Um, a lot of times after you see a reversal of a, a trend, or I'm not calling it a reversal, but a, a day or two of consolidation, right? Mm -hmm. And then you move. And then you got, <clears throat> it's a lot easier for right now for me to identify resistance in the market, right? Because of where we come, where we came on Friday, where the high close of the move is, where uh, Friday's close was. So there are your couple bogeys, you know, to hit on the upside. I mean, when and if we get up <clears throat> to Friday's high, you know, we'll deal with that down. then. It's 50 handles away. And on the, <clears throat> excuse me, on the downside, you know, you got a ways to go to get to Thursday's interday low. So the market has to find some footing today, tomorrow. Not, not many catalysts. I mean, do we want to go to FedEx maybe? And, you know, the, we, many of our guests, and we've called it kind of the bellwether of the economy, right? FedEx. Well, we get FedEx tonight. So we don't have any news here yet to digest here. FedEx earnings come tonight here. It's trading up a buck ahead of it. Again, that strategy, owning stocks ahead of the reports, just is working better than it has in a long time right now. Because we're in a bull market, and a lot of these core strategies work even better in a bull market. So here you are, FedEx, up a buck again. S&Ps are down. FedEx don't care because of reports tonight. I mean, this is dumb. Like, it seems like a dumb strategy. Like, it just seems too simple to actually. That One thing, and this is what people, you know, really complicate everything. I mean, even to their technical analysis. We've talked about this before, Joel, where people just make it so complicated. They're coming in and throwing so many different lines and deriving this and finding this and thinking there's a magic formula here. When meanwhile, you know, I go back to Jeff Mackey, you know, friend of the, you know, we've known, and, you know, obviously on CNBC, Fast Money, one of the, you know, I think it was one of the best people who was ever on Fast Money. They got rid of him because he did that one little thing or whatever. But I mean, Jeff, I think he always had that purple crayon, you know, and he just simplified, take your purple crayon and draw a line. I mean, that is the best technical analysis tip. Support, resistance, trends, and 50% retracement. People try to complicate things so much that they think, oh, you know, like, oh, I got to find this or this or this. And the markets are fairly simple. I mean, it's getting, stocks are getting mentioned in the media, you know, like CNBC coverage, they tend to go higher. So what happens is people are talking about, you know, stocks are going to report this week. So FedEx probably gets a few mentions here and there and people are buying it ahead of it. So it's predictable that, you know, then I trade that strategy where you're buying stocks ahead of the reports, but selling them before they report. Seems to work fairly well. With FedEx, you're making yourself, if you hedged it with the S&P, you're making yourself 0.75% right now. That'll pay the bills. So FedEx working here again ahead of the report. I have no idea what they're going to report tonight. 
All right, so I got the expected EPS there and the sales there at the bottom. Expected EPS today, $4.89 sales at $22.72 billion for FedEx earnings tonight. Stay tuned. We'll find out what happens there. Let's go to an acquisition today, and let's continue as Eli Lilly uh, having an acquisition here. Eli Lilly has agreed to acquire Dice Therapeutics for $48 per share in cash. So cash agreement here uh, and giving it, uh, Dice, definitely a nice little lift there. Now to 46.68. What do you guys see on that chart? And what do you guys think about uh, this se sector and industry? Um, again, we see Merger Monday yep. in biotech. So we've been talking about this. This one is not in the XBI DIC, so you won't see a big outsized move. But XBI is actually trading up here right now, 0.05%. Some of that is just probably excitement again. So again, that strategy that we've given you on this show a half dozen times works again to the tune of 0.34% right now if you're hedging with the s and you're hedging with IBB, well, IBB hasn't really traded yet, so it's hard to say. Um, it's just too thin. But... Again, you know, Merger Monday and Biotechs has been a theme here for a while now. So DIC gets taken off the board, $48 a share in cash. Now consider that because multiple people ask me, why is Lilly not trading down? I will tell you why it's not trading down is because typically when they do all cash deals, there's no risk arbitrage coming in shorting the acquirer. When you see stock deals, risk arbs come in, short the acquirer, buy the acquiree on the spreads to bring them out there. So it's a way to hedge themselves, where in this case, it's just all cash. So there's no hedging involved. There's no needing to short the acquirer. So usually when you see all cash deals, the acquirers don't get hit nearly as hard as if it's a stock deal. Okay, Lily, I got a, I got looked at a level on Lily, and we don't know what's going on. But really, uh, important stock today moves with the market. It's not a huge deal. But uh, you got to keep an eye, and we're trading at 448. I uh, had a close at uh, 447.71. You got a pair of lows at 447.50. So I, I would just lean on that. Um, market starts to roll over. That starts to go to 447.50. Uh, not much support, major support until you get to the 440 area, 438.68. Coming back on the upside, that old time closing high, just like the SP 500. That was made at 53.93, 453.93. That's the level we'll be keeping on on the upside if Lily goes into rally mode. All right, let's go to this other stock. I got an interesting one that I got stopped out and I got out of it on uh, Friday, but it looks like I should have hanged on to this one. KKR and PayPal we're talking about here. KKR is set to acquire up to $40 billion of PayPal pay later loans in Europe. PayPal increased its share of repurchase also to an approximately $5 billion here and starting to get a nice little lift is PayPal. It's the buyback driving this here up a dollar and a half. Algos are simple. You know, I can't interpret the KKR thing. I don't think the algos can either, but they can certainly interpret a buyback. It goes higher um, up 2%. Here we talked about the potential to fill this gap up from 70 to 75 and get in that area. I mean, this is a beaten down tech name that people are scrambling for stocks that haven't gone yet. So here's another one. I kind of like the PayPal. I told you I'm long it through Square, though, because they're very similar stocks. I'm still long the square. I think it's in consolidation station. I put the bet out on who's going to 75 first. I think they both might go there. Again, you know, it depends overall market. You know, stuff happens. If we turn, we turn and everything starts to go down. But I think there's a catch up trade maybe for Square and PayPal. All right, well, PayPal. I'm on square. 
Yep, uh, PayPal got a little pop here, trading in the pre-market. 68, I don't see much there. We got uh, really nothing at all. What was yesterday's high? Use that as support if you're looking for a little dip here, 67.15. Now, had an explosive rally on Thursday, followed through on Friday. I mean, there's really nothing until you get to that gap area at 69.68. Really no major resistance, but uh, let's make sure you, you hold uh, the top of yesterday's range. These are just quiet rallies. I mean, nothing super explosive. Uh, Square trading down uh, 21 cents with the market a little bit. I mean, when I look at these kind of stocks and I look what's going on in the market and, and things that you want to hit, like these are the ones like if the market starts to turn, these are ones that since they haven't come off the low that much, these are ones I'd either be more inclined to maybe try and buy the dip on or not be as aggressive on the short side. Yeah, I was looking for it, and then I was just too worried about the market turning over for me. So I got out of that one. So we'll you were in you were in PayPal or Square? Yeah, I had to, I had to pre-get the Square. entry yesterday in PayPal um, on Friday. On Friday. Um, yeah, I was looking for a nice little. I, I said sixty-five twenty-five pullback. We went to sixty-five twenty-three. Not too far off of that outlook. And now I, I think it's important just to kind of hold above kind of the closing action, especially from Friday sixty-six forty-three. We hold 6650s. Yeah, I could keep maybe riding that trend a little bit higher. We'll see what happens there. Here's an interesting one that caught me today. You know, sometimes you come in in the morning, you're up decent amount, and then all of a sudden some news comes in and turns things around. Well, today's one of those examples in Tesla. Let's go to Tesla. As they've been granted U.S. patents for two innovations here, um, competition uh, array, uh, microprocessor systems uh, using non-consecutive data formatting uh, methods for energy storage device. Um, so it looks like these patents are having a significant uh, kind of move here to represent technological advancements in two crucial areas for Tesla's business. They could help, of course, kind of uh, get their kind of AI stuff up. Um, of course, auto their camera stuff kind of working into it. This is all kind of just showing you that Tesla isn't going away and the simple patent news gets it driving higher today. Yeah, it's hard to fight the trend here. NVIDIA and Tesla both trying to make new highs here it's once again. It's just ripping right back up. Yeah, NVIDIA, same thing too. I mean, it's important. I'd say the open are both very important for these stocks here today. What you want to see is them open higher and continue to go higher. You don't want to see them roll over if the overall market opens down. You don't want to see them open high and then roll back over here. So I would say if you're in the long, you know, and you're bullish this stock, you want to really see it hold. Friday's low, absolutely. You don't want to see it, you know, get back to the 257. So I'd say cautious cautiously bullish this the trend is just really steep i mean it's just run so far you'd think it'd have more than a ten dollar pullback a pullback for two days and yeah. you know and then it's right back up to the highs i mean this story is just too hot uh nice little pop uh trading against the market up 71 cents but uh really two levels to keep an eye on high close of the move to 60.54 so i'd see quickly if you know we come in if we can hold that off the open and then nothing else on the upside oh it did fill the gap 263.60 mm -hmm. i was looking the other day uh where i was see if it was going to get a uh, a gap fill at 262.47 it, it did that did that on friday on the big open but uh let's see uh good day and uh you know right now it's having a good day going against the tape 
Let's see if we can post a new all-time, or not all-time, a new closing high for the move. Yeah, that's exactly why I went short it on Friday, uh, Joel, is because it closed the gap. And I said, you know what? I can use that as my out now and look to see the turnaround. Are you um, short it right now? Yeah, I'm short it right now. 260.36. Um, Where's your stop? Like, where would two, you like? Right there, the top of that gap. Two sixty three, sixty. Like the two sixty four. I had set um, two sixty four. Two sixty four. Just yeah. keeping that in mentality, right? I can risk four points if this comes down. I could see it eventually filling in a downside gap that's below there towards yeah. like two forties. So hey, twenty points risk about four. Let's see what happens. I mean, fighting fighting the tape. But what I always say is, you can put on any trade, anything you want, anything. As long as you know where your out is, mm -hmm. this is the difference between a successful trader and a trader that fails is that they don't define their risk before they enter the trade. You've got to define your risk on the trades because especially when stocks are breaking out and you're fighting a trend like Tesla, fight it. You can fight it. It's okay to fight. Mitch has had a couple of successful trades fighting this. Yeah. So he's had some luck on the short side here. Um, just, you know, know where your out is. You know, he's identified Always. it. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, and you move on. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to another headline here. Let's get out of PayPal. Uh, we talked about FedEx. We talked about Eli. Let's go to JD.com as they have some news today as they're planning diversification here and separating their business into various sectors, right, including they have logistics, healthcare, e-commerce, online finance. So it looks like they're going to be separating the companies here, Um and they're going to have at least 100 billion yen, a uh, 14 billion market cap. Um, and this was coming from Bloomberg. So pretty much separating the business to try to create different drivers. And then we'll see which is the part of the business that you want from JD. Do you want their logistics, healthcare, e-commerce, online finance? We'll have to take a look. Oh man! Usually, when you see a like, stock separating and, and breaking out, it goes up. The stock goes up. Yeah, now you're down four percent on this. So I don't follow the story closely enough to know if there's more to it than this. Um, I do say, you know, China's having a rough day. I do think the Blinken comments have knocked China stocks down here today. So you know, maybe on a different day they report this. Maybe you get a different response. But down four percent is not a great response to obviously some you know financial engineering really here. Uh, you, I mean, you made a pre, I mean, the charts are not are really giving you nothing too. you made a pre-market low at 38.15. I mean, you know, it's hard to talk about gaps on this because, you know, it's trading overseas. So I would say, you know, with, notwithstanding the Blinken comments, notwithstanding what they're doing with the company, you've had a nice rally off your May low. If you're looking to enter this stock, uh, made a low right around 31.50. You made a high at 40.50. That's easy enough. 40 and a half. If you want to look at this stock, we don't from the long side. See if you can get it back at the 35, 36 area and lean on the low of the move. But it seems like right after the 4 a.m. open, someone came in and kind of made a bid in the lower 38s. It's not really jetting out of there, but that's enough. That's enough on JD.com. Uh, Jack Ma, uh, someone's taking over for Jack uh, Baba. That $80 level at the end of May, that held again. Uh, we'll see if, uh, if, you know, if it can rebound. It's already off the, the pre-market lows as well. So 
China was down, but close to the session could be. Maybe it's here. a buy the dip opportunity. Yeah. China. Maybe if it is just status quo, and maybe this isn't, you know, mean there's more chance that China invades Taiwan. Maybe these stocks are a buy on the dip. They were starting to look productive uh, technically here. Baidu's they actually were. catching an upgrade here today, so we might as well just mm -hmm. stick on the China theme here for a second. Baidu is getting upgraded to overweight by, I believe it's Morgan Stanley. Um, stock is trading up two dollars. So if you wonder why Baidu is bucking the trend, you're getting an upgrade there. 150 is huge on this, though. That's where you just fell yeah, off. Yeah. Big psychological whole number. I'm sure there's some call options there too, which probably went off the board a lot of them on Friday. But you know, 150 psychological level there. That's major resistance for Baidu. 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 Yeah, yeah. A nice pop. Uh, uh, who gave it the upgrade? Morgan, Morgan Stanley. Stanley. Well, that, that's influential. The high from last week, uh, 49.89. Uh, but first things first, uh, that high close of the week, which a lot of stuff was made on Thursday. If you guys are guys and gals are looking for, you know, reference points on your stocks and, you know, your Friday's high is a little bit out of the realm because of that, that to look for that close on Thursday. And that close on Thursday for uh, Baidu comes in at 48.71. That's still a buck 50 away. So, I keep an eye on that area, uh, that area uh, along with the high of the move. As Dennis pointed out, that psychological 150 area, Thursday's high, 149.89. We did get some uh, May housing starts if uh, we're kind of looking for news here. But uh, not really moving the market. Not much to move the market this week except we got a couple Fed heads speaking, right, uh, Mitch? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we can talk a little bit about that today. You'll get a couple of Fed heads speaking, right? You got uh, New York's Fed president and John Williams will appear with Fed vice chair uh, of supervision, Michael Bard. And that's going to be set at 1130 a.m. Eastern. So stay tuned. 1145. Okay. Correct that. Oh, Eleven forty-five. That could be market Eastern. moving. Always those um, comments. The Fed definitely. speakers always know when that is. Eleven forty-five. You said Mitch. Eleven forty-five a.m. Yeah. Eastern. Always uh, know those Fed speak times because they can move the market. Um, we did have housing starts just break here too. We'll get to that in one second here. But there's also a headline from Rivian and Tesla that just broke here about three minutes ago. Um, mm. You got Rivian is going the same way for GM. They're going to use the Tesla chargers. Um, so just grabbing at Rivian owners to be able to access Tesla superchargers from 2024 with adapters is the statement here. Rivian will make the Tesla style charging ports uh, standard on its vehicles from 2025. So again, Tesla wins here once again, showing why they are best in breed, showing that all of these other companies have to use their network. I mean, this That's is huge. just unbelievable. Tesla is so well run. I mean, valuation, forget about it. It's just so well run here. So Tesla's up on this as well. We know Tesla ran when it had the deal for it. I ran the deal with GM. I mean, Rivian's smaller, obviously. This popping Rivian stock here too. Yeah. What do you think of Rivian? Uh, uh, someone asked me about that on Pre-Market Prep Plus uh, uh, early last week. And I said, you know what? If you're looking for stocks that really haven't gone yet, True. <laughs> that, that, that fits the category. Yeah. I believe we were talking... Uh, it was trading around, I don't know, the 1450, 1460 area. And I'm like, doesn't, you know, so big boy stepped up in uh, 14, uh, not last week, but the week before. 
stepped up a little bit higher in the 14 handle yesterday. I think things get interesting over 16 bucks. That was the high on Friday, the high from last week. You also had a high back in March. It's, you know, at 16 and then you got a little gap to fill. So just kind of a, a sleeper rally, right? In, uh, in Rivian. And we've already gone over the technicals here in Tesla. Yeah. And it uh, looks like uh, they're, they're, they're trying to put the squeeze on me, man. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I don't really think the market more, more headlines. You know, I love yeah. and I trade. So, again, you it's know what it happens is. is. It's how it is, man. You have don't headlines. Take it personal, man. Like oh, they're always, they're always coming. <laughs> there's always a headline, man. There's always a headline. Whenever you're in positions, there's always going to be is. something going against you, right? There That's is. just and a part will of the say, game. You know, technicians will say, ignore the headlines. It's just all noise. I will say that's incorrect. Yeah, that's um, incorrect. <laughs> there is a lot of noisy headlines in Tesla. <laughs> there's a lot of headlines that maybe don't matter in a stock like Tesla. You get headlines every day, but headlines yeah. move stock. You've got to respect headlines. It changes narratives. It changes everything. The reason that I have been successful in this business for now, I guess I'm going on 24 years here now, full-time trading, is that I respect the headlines, that I follow the headlines, that I trade off the headlines. It's not that I ignore the headlines. The worst, I believe, that's some of the worst possible advice on the street is to ignore the headlines. If you're a long-term investor, you can ignore the headlines, you know, but you know, you still want to know the good stories and what's happening. Um, but if you're a trader and you're ignoring headlines and just saying, I just look at charts and that's it. I mean, holy, there's so much damage that can be done by just, you know, ignoring headlines. You got to respect them as a trader. They change story. They change narrative. Don't believe as a trader. Now I'm saying as a long-term investor, Maybe it's better to ignore the noise, but we're traders. Most of the people listening to this audience are traders that are doing active trading. Headlines change narrative. Headlines move stocks. Headlines matter. All right, let's go to an interesting uh, upgrade today. Um, let's go to an upgrade in Avis budget. Uh, looks like uh, Morgan Stanley upgrading Avis budget to overweight and raising mm. price target to th 230. I think this is a really interesting chart. I've been talking about this one on start swing trade that the monthlies look pretty interesting and it keeps holding in here. Um, you can see that on the bottom right chart on Joel's charts there. We'll see what happens. Avis budget. 1900 shares getting a pop. I mean, these things, you just, you, you can't be pig headed. Um, and and I'm, I know this is not uh, the only way it's related is that they're both in the travel sector. But look what J.P. Morgan did to this Carnival Cruise Lines. Can't stop. Carnival Cruise Lines. Can't stop. Come on. Jump on the boat, baby. It's the park. It goes 13 <laughs> to 14. You're like, oh, well, that's over every, like, that's the biggest move that thing's had it ever. And then it goes 14 and a half, 15, 15 and a half. Now it's looking a little bit toppy. But, you know, standing, and especially a stock like car that, uh, you know, people love. I'd say there's nothing clean in there. If you're looking for a target just for today on a short-term basis, there's really nothing up there till 223.30. Uh, that splits a pair of highs from March 8th and March 9th. So I'm not standing the upgrades in the are changing narratives, Joel. And you have to respect when you're in a bull market, like the Domino's Pizza or what's Domino's Pizza? Yes, um, it was. It was that going. one, but there was another one too. Um, um, 
besides uh, maybe Carnival. it was Domino's Pizza. Was it Domino? Which one was yeah, I? Yeah, because you had it. You was had Domino's it. Pizza that I was in? Yeah, you had it. Yeah, I, and I think you thought it was. it was worth seven bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I was okay. like, and I and I didn't give it enough because I didn't, you know, where I screwed that trade up. So I was long Domino's Pizza. I bought it off the upgrade because I was like, it's worth more than I think I paid up like three dollars for it. Because so I was like, it's worth more than three dollars. But then it got up like seven. I was like, well, that's pretty much full value. And the thing opened up seventeen. So I mean, and then ran another twenty after that. So what I didn't consider is, you know, is changing dynamics of the market and you know, beating down stocks. When you get and Domino's Pizza was beaten up before that upgrade, really it was a contrarian call. Those can turn the narrative for a few days here. Cars, same thing here. I would not fade this upgrade. Um, reason being is that Domino's Pizza had a huge move. Companies nothing to do with each other. But you know, a little sleepy for the last three four days. Now it gets a vote of confidence. Who's upgrading it? Morgan. Uh, Morgan. Morgan. Morgan's big. Yeah. Morgan's got some serious some weight. weight here. I'd put yeah. them top five for sure. It can Especially change the as of late. So there's room here to 220, 225. Not saying I'd necessarily chase it, but just to come blindly shorting these, saying, oh, well, you know, somebody will shrug this off, um, you know, and they're going to hit this back down. That hasn't been the case lately. The circumstances have changed in this market. And you've got to respect, you know, when the, when the, when the upgrades come in and they're not these chasing upgrades, but upgrades kind of out of the blue, that they can move stock for a couple of days. Do you remember when this stock squeezed from like, like I think it was like in the 170s to like 545? Oh, yeah. oh that that gosh, one day, yeah. it was That's like insane. a just absolute insane insanity. Well, we've that was come 2021. Down, we've come Red down it. to those levels multiple times and bounced off of that kind of 170 area. I don't know. Is this lining up for maybe a 250 I mean, move? I think you could have, you know, don't forget think about those 500 moves because those days are long behind us. But don't I I dis count what Mitch is saying here that, you know, we are getting some momentum in pockets, different pockets here right now. This stock hasn't really had a lot of momentum. It has the potential to get momentum, though. Avis yeah, wouldn't want to be in one. front of it. Let's just say that much. Yeah, right. like if you're fading that current. When did Carnival Cruise Line get the J.P. Morgan upgrade? It's I a can good tell example, you, Joel. I can give you exactly <laughs> what day it was. Uh, it was a week. It was last Monday, so it wasn't a week ago because it's Tuesday. So it went from thirteen oh nine to fourteen seventy two, and, and then just continued going higher. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think the car. I don't like chasing stocks, but I think if I was making a trade on this and I'm not in the trade right now, I'd be buying it at 212 as opposed to selling it at 212. The reason I say 212, you see 211, but it's bid 211, 211, 48. You might be able to get 212. I'd be more of a buyer here than a seller here, I think. We'll see what happens. I got another upgrade for us. Let's take a look at Cities Group upgrading Philip Morris. So little cigarette smokers out there to buy and raising a price target to 117. Mm. What now? Oh, PM, PM. Okay. PM, right? Still yeah. high, 117. <laughs> this is a this, now this is a slow stodgy stock. This is a lower beta name. It's got a dividend of 5.26%. It's not going to be one that blasts off 10 bucks on this. This, this, this is not move. that stock. Car could blast off 10 bucks easily, you know, even 20 bucks on that upgrade. Not PM. It's not going to do it. Um, I actually had some PM and I sold it already here this morning. Um, I, maybe a couple bucks. You know, I don't. And I, maybe it's I'm wrong. And it's going to go to 100. And I'll be like, I have yeah. to reevaluate everything. If this goes to 100, 
I'm like, holy cow. I don't. I think there's room to 100, but I don't think this upgrade's driving it there today. Uh, I'd rather. I, I'm not going to look for uh, resistance on this one because you hit a high on um, on Friday at 96. So I'd like to use that area support. Uh, but you know, if it runs another buck, which would be a really big move for this stock, uh, 97.34 was your May 3rd high. So keep an eye on that as a potential target. Closed on the low of the session after opening near the high. So people are like, I'm getting another look at 96. Boom, boom, boom. So we'll see if it uh, can hold the uh, former resist former resistance 9611 uh, as support in today's session. And, uh, you know, Dennis, I was looking. I got, a, I got just a minor tangent today. So I was looking through the pro and I was looking through the ratings. And I saw a company's name. And I'm like... Whoa, wait a second. Am I like in a, a, a time warp? Like this is a company from like the 60s and 70s. I think it got taken out in the 80s or early 90s. And it was a really popular company. And it restarted in 2021. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. no. I'll give you. I'll, I'll <laughs> we give weren't you a, back in the 70s and 80s either, though. Joel's, okay. Joel's rem reminiscing to his 1970s trading. Okay. I, I'll give you a hint. Chat number, when, maybe. When, when, does the chat get it? I don't know, but they're usually good. Is it we'll, Kodak? We'll see if they get it. No, 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 no. It's a company. It, it's, a, it's, an, a company. it's a firm. It's an analyst firm hmm. that was perhaps the most – we're going to stay on this for a while. Oh, my gosh. That, oh, my gosh. Was probably one of the most uh, Indian motorcycles. <laughs> analyst firm. Pet do you guys know? That's good. Do you guys know what? Do you guys know Pet what Rock Company. Analyst. They're trying. They're trying. They're trying out there. Let's go. Guys. They merged. They merged with one. There we go. Joel. And I didn't e put that in. Joel e knows it, bro. Joel. E Joel. Hot. Yeah. The Joels know it, bro. EF. Yeah. Joels know. On. The Joels are in the know. They're, yeah. E yes. <laughs> yes, EF Hutton. They do ratings and stuff. Show some respect, man. EF Hutton. EF e. Hutton, Merrill. Yeah. I used to call it like uh EF Hutton. Uh then they they did they merge with Shearson Lehman <laughs> and then they merge with Merrill Lynch and then I was now like, they're back on their own. Yeah. E. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. There we go. Okay, that was fun. <laughs> had to do one. Today. I didn't get to do a tangent yesterday, so no. We'll yeah. let you do it. We'll let you do it. Okay. I remember EF Hutton. I like EF Hutton. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, all, all right. right, team, let's go ahead. Let's. I take just want to give you an imbalance update here. So we yeah. are leaking yeah, on the S and P's, and we have some sell imbalances pretty much across the board here. I'm not sure if they're real, but um, this is not like a quadruple witch Friday where they flip around. I'm just seeing sell imbalances all over the place here on a lot of stocks. Bank of America, 241,000 to sell. That is significant. JP Morgan, 58,000 to sell. Wells Fargo, 73,000 to sell. It's not just, um, unfortunately, it's not just the banks, though. It's across the board. Oracle, 50,000 to sell. Uh, IBM, 29,000 to sell. Exxon and Chevron, 80,000 and 54,000 wow. to sell, respectively. Pfizer, 200,000 to sell. I don't see any buy imbalances. It's all sell imbalances, and they're fairly large for this size in the morning. So I'm not sure this is one big player that's just like, nah, I just want to get out of some stuff. But we've got to respect here that there is some sell imbalances here this morning, which I haven't seen it skewed to that side in a while. NEE, 
Um, utility company, 57000 to sell. So we'll see if these hold. Maybe, again, this could change lots of time before. But as of right now, that could put pressure on the S&Ps. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into our trade zero time. You guys out there, throw up some tickers. What are you guys looking at today? We'll definitely take a look. All right, let's get to these gappers. Let's see what's showing up here. And like always, you guys can check out what you guys see here. Trade Zero's flagship software. I'm going to put it full screen so you guys can see it sure. big. Any uh, stocks stand out for you guys here? I see MSTR. I've been waiting to see if the relationship with Bitcoin and the NASDAQ kind of comes back. Of course, NASDAQ has made a huge run since then. I'll keep an eye out on stocks like MicroStrategy. Of course, we've talked about why Baidu's up. We've taken a look at Dice. We've talked about PM. Etsy up today. I don't know why this one's up today. I'll it take was a look up after see. hours Friday too. I don't know if I saw the headline here or not. I'm sure there is one because this is obviously bucking the trend here. Yeah. Um, exactly. Buyback. Buyback. No, that was earlier. Mm, buy there's back some forms earlier, here. Some form eights that I need to look through. Oh, some form fours. Looks like there might be some insider buys by directors and stuff like that. I take okay. a look at that. I, had, um, I haven't. I didn't research the headline. I came in on Friday. After I think there's hours. a headline though. I think you're right. Yeah, so, and there's another form eight from uh, 4.40 on Friday. So we'll keep a look to see if Etsy can Pair make a move here. There. Pair of highs in Etsy, you got to keep an eye on. It's uh, 96.65, that was a high for the week. Uh, Friday's high was right there, uh, 96.50. You're getting a little bit of a running start into it. So even though there's another pair of highs, up at 98 I, this one looks good and you know i don't know if it's the buyback and i don't know this is this chart and the mm -hmm. reason this this is like people what i was doing a little bit on friday what hasn't gone yet exactly you know like what what gross stock you know former darling you know hasn't mm -hmm. even come close to retracing 50 percent is you know 50 60 bucks off its yearly high what hasn't gone yet? That's what we should uh, do a segment. And because that, you know, that's what people are like. Do you want to buy Microsoft? Do you want to buy Apple? Or, oh, look at Etsy, man. That, that's a hard bottom there. So that's uh, that's what I'm saying. And keep an eye. If it goes to 96.50, I wouldn't want to be short with your money. We'll see what happens there on Etsy. Let's keep going here. Of course, PayPal shows up. That's one of those charts that I felt like that, Joel, that it might have not gone enough yet and just uh -huh. starting to get going. So we'll see what happens in PayPal. Um, here's an interesting one that I don't, I don't look at too often, but this is one stock I thought about in the pandemic. Always going to be kicking myself. USFD, of course, US Food Holdings. You've probably seen their trucks around. They deliver to most of the restaurants and kind of take a lot of the goods to the restaurants. Uh, this one's up there to 42, oh, almost wow. 43. And in the pandemic, this was down to eight dollars and 32 cents. Oh, wow. I remember I was kicking myself. I was like, should I just buy it at 10? Should I just wow. buy it at 10? It would have been such a nice little buy, man. Oh, My yeah, thought sure. was if we ever came back into business, U.S. foods would be back. And so. And it is back. And the stock's near highs. Morgan Stanley is upgrading the stock here today. That is why it is trading higher. They upgrade to overweight. Mm -hmm. They put a price target of $54 on it here. Um, stock's trading up a little bit. Breaking out. I mean, you got to like the breakout here. Again, food stock. I don't know if this is like the sexy AI trade or not, but the stock is very close to new highs. 
So you got to respect that. All time I'm highs. Fading. I'm not fading yeah. it. Yeah. I don't. Yep. I don't short stocks making new all time highs. Not very often. People naturally think like again. I've said this before. You know, they naturally think, oh, the stock is going up. That's the one I want to short. It's kind of the opposite. It's kind of the opposite. The easier ones are the ones that are weak. Yeah. That's all time high territory, folks. Uh, Morgan Stanley pushing it through there. That oh, it is trading at an all time high uh, because that former all time high was forty two uh, thirty six, and we're trading above it on six thousand shares. So let's see if you can hold the bid. If you're like, if you're not a chaser, but you're a believer in the move, pull back out of the top of yesterday's range, forty two forty two ten. Uh, a little bit of a pullback. So U.S. Foods. What's the uh, the Diamond Foods? Do you guys remember that one? What's the symbol on that one? Mm. Diamond Foods. No. Is Diamond it public? It was, uh, it was the reason I'm looking. I asked about it. Oh, I think I've, I've heard of it for sure. Because I know um, about. it was a couple of weeks ago. It was uh, on the, like Barron's did a big thing on it. And they said because of Costco and these other companies. Do you know that one? Dallas Diamond Foods? DMND. Yeah. DMND. Diamond Foods. Can I find it here? DNMD. Okay. Now, what? Give me Delta. I, I, I know a lot of stocks. US, so this is either too small for me. USDF is what they're saying. I, I don't. I, I, yeah, so this may not be public. On, yeah, it's this Diamond Foods. Uh, it was on NASDAQ as DMND, but I don't see it there anymore. Okay. So it might have disappeared there. but Yeah, it, I don't even remember really trading it. So maybe it was just, just to give you that. To at least I, I stay away from real small ones. And again, I don't okay. know this company. So you, you, got, right. you went off the board here again, Joel. No worries. It's Diamond Foods. At least I, I've, I've heard of it for oh, sure. It's a package the food. They do like let's go look at well, what's, what's in the down things. filter. Let's take a look at the down filter. See what's coming down today, right? Um, we'll see what happens here. Adobe pulling back after getting to the 500. It went above the 50% retracement level, and that's one thing that I've been looking at. Would we get above 500, start tumbling back down? Or back the reversals the are concerning here. The reversals in the tech, a lot of them are concerning. I know Tesla and NVIDIA is holding on strong, and that's good news for the bulls. But the reversals from Friday are concerning. It happened on the wrong day, so we have to respect that. That was a nasty, nasty reversal in Adobe here, opening up right at the highs mm -hmm. and straight down all day, giving back $20 from the highs. Now it gives back another five, just like that. Stock makes a new high, 518, and just like that, it's 28 points off the high. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's kind of serious. I'd say you got room potentially at 474, 475. I think you'll find buyers down there, though. Oh, big move uh, continuing on Friday. Dennis mentioned a pair of lows right there, 473, 474. Uh, coming back on the upside. I mean, there's, you know, if the market turns around, you get a nice rally. Bottom of rest yesterday's range, uh, 494.62. And uh, the close just above that at 95.48. All right, we'll see what other happens. This one was mentioned in the chat, so I'll go to it. CRM, TVG, timeline, I see you out there. I got you. CRM, let's take a look. Salesforce starting to come down from 209. Yeah. You guys think about this chart. Still long. Um, it's not looking that great, but you're in consolidation station here. So this is my long-term account, not as a trade. Mm -hmm. um, I put it in there on the earnings dip, and it bounced back nicely, but it's coming back down here. 
Again, you can feel like some weight. You can feel some sellers in tech here the last couple of days. Certain stocks not participating here. CRM is trying, trying to get up there. Had a couple good headlines there and then getting faded here. So it's in consolidation station here. That's what we'll say. It's consolidation station right now. 205 area, uh, right around the low from last week. Uh, 20502. Uh, was your low from last week, and it was also the low from the previous week. So you got three lows in that area. I know it's five bucks away, but if you think we're, you know, the thing's just going to continue higher, won't go near that level, and just mosey on up um, on the upside. You know, got to get fill the gap at ten sixty and double close area two eleven eighty. That's important if you're looking to trim in CRM. Uh, we'll go to Disney here. I mentioned in the chat multiple times they wanted to take a look. And I will mention for Disney here that, of course, Disney's animated uh, Elemental had its lowest opening of any Pixar release since the original Toy Story in 95. Um, of course, without taking inflation into consideration, um, but not a good opening here for their new movie that just came out. They have been struggling here for a bit. Not participating in the recent rally is also a concern. I like the $90 level. I'm not in the trade. I'm not in the stock anymore. I do respect that there is some support here in this whole $90 area. But it is concerning that, you know, we've been rip-roaring, rallying on everything. Not and participating. And still not participating. And what I said before is the parks are packed. And if we do slow down in the second half, it's been the parks. Because there's so many other businesses in Disney that are struggling. ESPN, all kinds of problems, obviously. We know that for years. But the Disney Plus is not going well for them right now. I'm going to say that. Netflix is eating the lunch. You know, I'm thinking about getting rid of my Disney Plus subscription because we hardly watch it. So, I mean, you know, now you get a movie coming out. It doesn't do as well here. They're not firing on all cylinders. The parks are, and that's it. It's the parks that are keeping the, you know, the cash flow strong. But everything else not looking great here, which is a concern. Uh, biggest concern is not part, really participating in this rally, uh, but you've, you know, you've had a move from 87 to almost, uh, you know, 95, right? 94 and a half, seven point move, three and a half that coincides right with the 90, 90 and a half dollar area. Also a pair of lows right there, just under 90, 89.60, then just a real small gap to fill down 89.06. But uh, if you thought you missed the dip on uh, Disney, uh, perhaps get it back at the 89 $90 area and lean on the double bottom, 87.11, 87.15. Shout out to Craig LeBlanc giving us a nice 4.99 tip here. And you guys, we make everything completely free for you guys we truly appreciate tips like this and like always you guys can smash the like to show us that you guys appreciate the show and appreciate us doing this every single morning for you guys he put in pen here this has turned to the downside yeah. now in the sports betting go. industry the big go. news right now that's been going around of course has been DraftKings trying to go after of course points bets that's an otc company pbthf um, and of course, the big news here is that Fanatics was trying to go for it, but DraftKings trying to come in here and step over uh, their deal. So that's just the talk right now in the sports industry. But Penn keeps coming down, he cannot get a lift. No, and I have this long, and my wife's like the bad ones, and the wife's RS long term <laughs> RSP account. It's been in there for a while. Absolutely bought this at the wrong time. I sold half of it. 
when it cut through and I was like, I'm going to hold a little piece. I wish I wouldn't have held any piece here. It's been a disaster. Penn continues to be a disaster. Does not participate. I thought like last week, I was like, oh, it's consolidating here. Maybe it's going to go. And look, it resolves itself to the downside again. The overall trend just too heavy. Um, talking against my book here, but it looks, you know, like you got to be a seller of rallies in Penn. It just can't figure it out. Do you I mean, see with that? when, you know, you look at some of these other ones like when Las Vegas Sands, like look at their, not the recent last couple of months, but look at the last since October. Las Vegas Sands went from 35 to 58. Yeah, WYN has went from 70 to 110. DraftKings, if you want to go to the sports betting side of it, mm-hmm. has went from like 10 to 24. And then there's Penn. And it's went down in that time period. I mean, there's not a lot of stocks that are down since October. You got to be doing something pretty special to be down since October. Penn not doing anything right. I, I think the big part there is Barstool not the same what it used to be. Everyone I think used so to too. consider it like it's like the best thing ever in sports media ever. It's not, team. It's not. Man, I tell you, I see uh, like. Um, at the gym or something, you see, you know, these sports betting shows and stuff, and they're like, yeah. how many strikeouts is this guy going to have? You know, like, oh, I think you should bet like the over on five strikeouts. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, how? I mean, you got to really be following your sports and have your AI. And uh, yeah. man, I'm just like, like to be on the other side of, uh, you know, every other one of those uh, those things. But let's just look at Penn. And I know Dennis probably didn't give the most positive outlook on it. It's down huh. again. Uh, I'm getting we, my butt kicked in it. Yeah. I mean, you got to get back and hold this $25 area, moseyed up from 23 to 27, and then kind of stop Den in his tracks. Uh, so, you know, four-point move, the 25. You had uh, some lows in uh, the lower or upper 24 handle. So if I was on this one, I'd say, man, come on, hang in here, 2475, 25 for a couple of days. Maybe a you know, just don't necessarily have to take out Friday's high and then turn up. But that that's trying to give you a positive outlook. And uh, that's for Penn, P E double N. All right, let's go ahead. Let's wrap up the market. Last outlook here from Joel O'Connor. And of course, you guys can keep up with everything Joel does on pre-market prep. Plus, of course, check out the closing print. If you haven't done so this week, always starts at 3.30. Joel, what's the last look into the market? Well, last look into the market is uh, we hit uh, a a weekly number on the downside, uh, 44.32. So, all systems go to the north. You know, we hold that uh, mid-range on the second session, a couple points higher. Uh, but the most important thing is you got two closes above. Uh, you close from Thursday, which was the high close of the move at 53.75. I'd love to see the market get back up there, see how it acts at that area. And um, I am not so much going to uh, worry about the high on Friday at uh, 93.75, but that closing high for the move at 71 and a quarter. And uh, I just wanted to mention real quickly uh, before I hop out, uh, I am uh, going to be on uh, with my, my boy Blue on uh, pre-market prep nice. plus. So uh, I want you to join me. I just I want to get his uh, his outlook on inflation here, right? I mean, we've had the key numbers. He was the one that told me, hey, these numbers are going to be good. But he's not so much, you know, the comparisons are starting to get a little bit tougher. So there's your your link to join me in blue. Everyone have a great day and uh, check in with you guys. Talk to you all later on.
Have a good one, guys. All right. Pockets of strength in some tech companies. Amazon has turned green. Shopify, PayPal. We already talked about Tesla being yeah, up. Man. But then you Divide got the dippers. Yeah, so you're seeing that <laughs> happen to a certain extent. I don't like a lot of these selling balances across the board on some of these New York stock exchange stocks. We don't know the yeah. NASDAQ imbalances because they don't come out and show us anything until 925. So, mm-hmm. you know, so it's just different information comes out at different times. Right now, I see a lot of selling balances and big stocks. So that makes oh. me a little bit nervous um, just on the S&Ps at the open here. But that, you know, doesn't mean anything more than just to the day traders here. Um, so cautious here. Yeah, I see, uh, you know, stocks like Microsoft, Apple making their way back. Big one I'll be watching Microsoft also. It had a pretty ugly day on Friday um, with that turnaround at 350s. Um, so if we could get back there immediately, I mean, the bulls would love that, right? A recovery right back to 350. But if I see in like a hard candle back into this resistance, let's say 335, that could tell me a little bit more. Finally seeing a little bit of a pullback. Does it mean it's broken? No, it could still catch this like bottom support that it's just been catching for a while now. So doesn't mean that we're broken by any means, but could we take a little bit of a rest in this rally? I think we could see maybe a little sideways consolidation. Um, maybe up here towards like the 430s. Of course, the only kind of concerning action for me would be a move back below like 420, but we're ways away from there, right? Yeah, bulls in complete control here. I mean, a little bit of concerning action for the short-term traders here. Could you get a two or three day? Like I said, could you get a 5% pullback in the NASDAQ? Probably would be healthy. Probably would shake out and get some more hands, you know, Mm -hmm. stronger hands, but you know, again, trend your friend. Keep an eye on Tesla and Nvidia. They're your leaders here today. They're both in the green, so you know that bodes well a little bit for the market here. Yep. Let's see what Tesla and Nvidia do. I'll be watching them. Yeah, you know, I'll be watching Tesla. <laughs> oh yeah, you're in it. So you're we'll see what happens, guys. Money like Mitch always. is in there. Hey, hey. There's only one way to go about it. Know the plan. Stick to the plan. There's always going to be news that might go against you. Today, I do got news going against me. The overnight action was looking great. Now we just need to see what happens here at the Open. Like always, keep up with Dennis Dick. You guys know my man. Give him a good follow on Twitter. We'll see you a little bit later, Dennis. Have a good one, man. And now to bring you guys over to live trading, that's coming up next. And don't miss the book club today. As we wrap up, of course, Japanese candlesticks, we're going to get into a new book. So if you guys want to join today, that's going to be today at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time right here on Benzinga, but the only way to get to it is if you hit that link and join the book club as it's an exclusive member group for all you guys out there and a way for me to give back. And we get through books, right? Knowledge. And we go through it with real-time examples. We had just talked about an IW example, IWM example, that really could have been a huge, massive win. What did we talk about on there? We talked about a supporting uh, supporting trend line, right? And you could see it here. One, two, three times, four times we come to this supporting trend line. We bounced really strong off that 178, went up there to the 190 area. And you guys can see that's a massive opportunity. And where did we talk about that? Only on the book club, of course. So if you guys want to catch that, hit that link. Now to bring you over to live trading action, that's coming up next. And of course, we have a great show for you guys all day long. If you guys haven't seen already, check out the Trader Bacon Show with Zunaid. And later today, we'll keep pushing on. And this week, we got a biotech virtual event that you guys don't want to miss out. We got a lot for you right here on Benzinga. Later today, I also will be releasing a video from VCon. 
check out some interviews, and of course, learn from how to advance your brand and take your brand to the next level. Really, truly, that's what VCon was really all about. So if you guys like making business connections, you guys like advancing brands and being on top of your game in that space, check out the VCon video released today at 4 p.m. Eastern. Now to bring you to live trading, Zunaid and I are ready to get after this market. Come check us out. Like always, you don't got to go anywhere. Just stay right here on Benzinga.